Hello, everyone, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock, riding solo here on this week's edition of the podcast. Colin Doyle, tied up, doing some other stuff. Life gets in the way sometimes. We understand that. So uh, here I am, again, on my own. Um, We'll get into uh, the most recent game, obviously, the Toronto Rock defeating the Buffalo Bandits 13-9 on Sunday afternoon in Rock City. And uh, we're also going to look ahead to the Vancouver Warriors game. And in between, we've got a conversation with Toronto Rock head coach Matt Sawyer. So lots to come still on the program, despite the fact, hey, it's just me. So let's take a look back at Sunday afternoon's win. Uh, Tough to find a a great place to start. So why don't we just start at the start of the game? And the Rock definitely came out of the gate uh, firing on all cylinders. A couple of goals before the game was four minutes old and then stretched the lead to... 3-0 3-0 when Rob Hellier scored 9:06 into that first quarter. The Bandits bounced back, got a couple of goals late in the quarter to make it 3-2, and Nick Rose and Matt Vince both very good throughout this game. But as we know, one guy did come out on top and turned in one of his best performances uh, in recent memory as well, one of his best for sure this season. In the second quarter, Things got out of hand. There was a ton of goals, 11 goals in total uh, scored between the two teams in that second quarter. It was back and forth, back and forth, short run. The Rock got on a little run. The Bandits uh, kind of bounced back, and before we knew it, it was all tied up at eight at the half. Shots on goal were 27-26 in favor of the Rock at that point in the arena, and uh, it was uh, it was some kind of game really at that point. Um, it was It was up for grabs without a doubt. At that point, the third quarter, I think, is when everything changed. Nick Rose shut the door on the Buffalo Bandits offense and the Rock were able to get a single transition goal from David Brock to put them up nine, eight through three quarters. And who else? But fittingly, Nick Rose draws the assist on that 9-8 goal. Into the fourth quarter, then you have a three-goal run, which really, I guess, is part of a four-goal run. But three goals in the fourth quarter. Scott Dominey, again, just doing Scott Dominey things. A breakaway, uh, runs the length of the floor, and ends up scoring. He's showing that he has incredible finish. Billy Holstrasser draws the assist on that. And that really seemed to fire up the crowd, obviously, Everybody was into it, and from there, Rob Hellier and Dan Dawson each chip in with a goal apiece to uh, complete the hat-tricks for both of those gentlemen in the fourth quarter, and then Dave Brock missed the empty net, as we call him now, uh, scored his second goal of the game and uh, iced the game for the second game in a row as well by scoring that empty net goal. So uh, Dave Brock scoring a couple of key empty netters there uh, to finish off games the last couple of weeks against... What remains as the top two teams in the North Division, despite the fact the Rock have beaten the Halifax Thunderbirds and the Buffalo Bandits in the last couple of weeks in Rock City, those two teams still on top. Halifax at 6-1 and one and the Bandits at 6-2, and two, and the Rock ride into this weekend now at 5-2. and two. But that win on Sunday, this is absolutely one of those games that, you know, it's not necessarily a turning point potentially in a positive direction right now for the rock although that may sound weird because you're like hey there's they're staying in the mix here but um 
it's a turning point in the fact that had they lost, uh, this would have been really put them into quite a war because the Bandits would have won the season series. The Bandits would be sitting at seven and one. The Rock being at four and three and making up that ground, even though we've got you know for the Rock over half their schedule remaining. Um, it would have been pretty tough sledding. Uh, the tiebreaker situation uh, being the big thing there that's out the window that uh, the the difference in the standings actually kind of feels bigger than once you've obviously lost tiebreaker. So uh, so going into this weekend, the Rocker are still in good shape, right in the mix in the North Division. But again, the weird thing about it all is the fact that with the new playoff format, the Rocker are actually the seventh seed. And we'll, we'll kind of talk with Matt Sawyer a little bit about that. Uh, coming up in a couple of moments but just uh, a little bit of a twist there so this north division heating up the top three teams in the nll record wise right now are all in the north division halifax buffalo toronto and perhaps no one should be surprised that those are the top three teams perhaps but of course we still have a couple of other teams i think we haven't heard from just yet that are off to uh, either a slow start on the floor or a slow start in terms of the schedule uh, because I think obviously Saskatchewan and Georgia, two perennial powerhouses in this league, have yet to be uh, heard from as well, so to speak. And uh, we'll get to see those two teams uh, coming up not too far down the schedule. So uh, that pretty much wraps up the chatter. Oh, no, the one other thing I wanted to say about the Bandits game. There actually were a couple other things. Sorry, I do have some notes here. Imagine that, eh? Uh, Dan Dawson, of course, hits the 900 assist mark. And if you haven't watched this week's episode of Rock City Live, you should definitely do it. Uh, Chris Evans, our videographer, who's been taking care of those segments, he did a great job capturing just a, a really cool shot, anyways, of Dawson's pass to Reed Reinhold that uh, ended up being assist number 900 for Dan Dawson, who finished with three goals and four assists. So didn't have a quiet night by any means. Rob Hellier ended up scoring his 200th goal. He got three again. Seems to do that every game now. Uh, that is, score three goals. Rob Hellier at 200 goals now in his career, of course, all 200 with the Toronto Rock. Um, Nick Rose started his 63rd consecutive game in the Rock Net, getting the win on Sunday. And uh, sorry, back to the Dawson 900 assist thing. He only now trails, uh, or he, I guess, joins uh, Josh Sanderson and John Tavares as the only guys with 900-plus assists, and he's closing in on Josh Sanderson for second all-time as well. And then the last thing I wanted to mention was Zach Manns, his goal, the moment that maybe aside from Scott Dominey's goal, but uh, definitely Zach Mann's goal, the goal song, Baby Shark, brought the house down. Yes, I'm going to take credit for that, everyone. <laughs> so uh, that was fun. Hopefully we have a lot more uh, moments as such in, uh, in coming games in Rock City. All right, so that'll do it for our uh, recap, looking back at the last uh, couple of games. Or sorry, the last game last Sunday against the Buffalo Bandits. And I should note that we, we have had some listener mail come in in recent weeks, but we're saving it for Doyle's return. So if you have sent in questions, we will get to uh, we'll get to one or two of those emails on the next podcast. So feel free to uh, send those our way as well if you, uh, you want to ask a question of Mr. Doyle more so. 
than anything, or if there's anything on your mind that we can uh, both both answer. So, without any further ado, we'll jump into uh, our guest this week, and that is Toronto Rock head coach Matt Sawyer. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock, riding solo right now. No Colin Doyle here with us, but uh, we're getting through things. I'm able to do this without Colin, so this is a big step for me today. But I do welcome in studio with us the head coach of the Toronto Rock, Matt Sawyer. We have not had you on the podcast this year, Matty. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. It's been a while. It has. So uh, I don't know where we want to start, but I think uh, a good place, obviously, is the most recent game against Buffalo Bandits. Uh, a huge win. Your thoughts, I guess, just... I, I think the biggest thing I want to talk about off the top, really, is just... Uh, I don't know if everybody appreciates kind of what's going on right now, especially over the last couple of weeks, these wins over Halifax and Buffalo. Obviously, very big in the standings. That's kind of the easy easy thing, I think, to pick out of all this. But this team is ravaged by injuries right now. Ravaged. Ravaged. <laughs> And I don't know if there's many other teams in this league that would be prospering quite the way that this team has over the last couple of weeks if you're taking out basically two of their top three scorers, an elite young, elite young defender, a jack-of-all-trades guy like Brandon Slade. There's, there's a lot that's been out of this lineup here. And Dan Craig a couple of weeks ago that even, uh, you know, hit the depth even further. So... How is this happening, Maddie? Well, it's um, I guess a uh, um, you know a testament to the depth that we have. It's uh, um, you know credit goes to uh, to the players. They've been given opportunities, and uh, um, you know they're making the most of it. And at the same time, the uh, the guys who have been healthy, uh, I guess what you want to call our regulars and our veterans, they've. Uh, you know, obviously, step their game up, and you don't, uh, you know, you don't have much choice. And um, you know, we uh, came through a tough stretch there. Uh, we played five games within our division. We ended up being four and one in those games. And really, we've liked how we've played in uh, in six of our seven this year. So, um, you know, just full credit goes to the players, and uh, good job by uh, by Bruce and uh, and Blaine getting these guys ready. And you know, it's uh, something that we should be better for it uh, moving forward. I know I say that all the time, but these uh, these guys are getting good experience in there in uh, high-pressure situations, and, and they're making the most of it. So you don't really have any choice. Uh, nobody's going to feel sorry for you, and, um, you know, you just need to go out and find a way to get it done, which is uh, which is what we've done, and, and we feel we're getting better, um, you know, from uh, each game. You know I love my storylines. Yes, I do. <laughs> And when I look at this and the way everything's developing and even coming into the season, I think I'd probably shared that storyline where it's just like the next eventual step for this group is to get to the championship um, and play for the NLL Cup. But now even more so, you always know like great teams and championship teams always seem to come overcome some kind of adversity through a season. And, you know, if this isn't it and setting off the storyline – alarm bells here i don't know what else will be but um are those these types of things when you say you know you you hope that this team will be better for it is i guess how do you apply that down the stretch like how, how are these lessons learned applied later in the season well uh you know the one thing it shows is um 
regardless of who's in the lineup, uh, we're able to, if we go out and execute a game plan and, and um, you know, be committed to uh, doing the things what you need to do to be successful, um, you know, it's, uh, it's shown everyone in that room that uh, regardless who's in there, uh, they have an opportunity to, uh, to not only compete, but to win games and win games against good competition. So you hope you can pull from that um, later on in the season if those uh, situations do pop up. And um, you know, it's uh, you talked about championship and next step and and um, uh, things like that. Well, right now our next step is to get to six and two. Um, you know, you're not talking and focused on championships right now. We have our uh, our internal goals, and and that is uh, as boring as it sounds, is to improve uh, from week to week. So, right now we've uh, we've been on a good run, and we need to continue that next uh, next Saturday. But. Uh, um, you know, definitely uh, should be able to uh, draw from these experiences uh, later on in the season if it pops up. So what is it uh, about the Buffalo Bandits and the Toronto Rock that makes for such great lacrosse? Obviously, these two teams, there's lots of history. There's the close geography. Um, there's all kinds of stuff, I guess, you can point your finger to. But what do you think it is that makes for such great lacrosse and such intriguing storylines, we'll say sometimes, uh, that – that goes into these Toronto Buffalo games that they just never seem to disappoint. Well, I don't think, um, you know, there's any secrets between the two teams. Uh, you know, uh, both teams are uh, very familiar with each other, uh, not only in the winter, but a lot of the guys on, uh, on Toronto and Buffalo, um, have had, uh, some great battles, uh, in the summer on the teams that they're with as well. And, you know, uh, you know, it's going to be, um, you know, a good game and, and you're going to have to lay it all out on the line. Um, I don't think either team, uh, uh, I know there's a respect between the two teams, but I don't think there's too much uh, like between the two teams. So you add that into uh, into the game, and um, you know that always uh, always adds to uh, I guess to the entertainment level. And you know that you're going to have to be at your best if you want to come out of that game, um, you know, being successful and getting the right results. So I also do think that uh, both teams like to push the ball. They like to play an up-tempo pace. There's a ton of skill out on the floor. You got two of the best goaltenders in the uh, in the league playing, and it's um, you know it makes for uh, for a good lacrosse. That's for sure. How do you deal with personally some of the <clears throat> I guess relate lacrosse relationships that exist? within this rivalry because you know we mentioned a couple here but Steve Dietrich is the general manager and assistant coach of the Buffalo Bandits and yet he's the general manager of the Oakville Rock in the summer the team that you coach you got Mitch DeSnooze a key part of Buffalo huge part of the Oakville Rock you know there there's there's pieces to this that overlap but you know when you're out there coaching I mean does that ever enter into your mind like any of that the not, lacrosse friendships, we'll call them. Not at all. Um, you know, uh, from my standpoint, there's uh, really no relationships or friendships um, <laughs> in the winter outside of uh, the guys associated with the Toronto Rock here. And, um, you know, I'm sure those guys would uh, would say the same thing. So it, uh, it's not a factor uh, for me or, or anybody in that dressing room. And, um, you know, we got a lot of guys that are uh, are part of the Oakville Rock and our teammates of, uh, of Mitch and and uh, that uh, Steve Dietrich is the, the general manager as well. But, um, you know, our focus is on our group, and, and um, you know, our group right now is the Toronto Rocks. So that's all we worry about. Well, and just a little tidbit there that I wanted to share too was that I, uh, I, I had had to confirm something with Mr. Dietrich before the game, and I sent him a quick text message to confirm something that was going on uh, pregame with, with his club and our club and, and whatnot. And, uh, and then I just finished up, and I said, I wish you no luck at all today. And he said, 
the feeling's mutual. <laughs> That's all he said? <laughs> that is all he said. That was it. <laughs> the feeling's mutual. So it was. it's kind of funny like that where you've got those – the rivalries, the respect, but also, you know, just the, the competition there that's, uh, that exists kind of when these two teams get on the floor is awesome. So we invite all Rock fans and lacrosse fans in general to get out there March 13th. It's going to be the rubber match between the two teams uh, that will decide the season series. And that was kind of the next thing I wanted to talk about was just these the schedule. Just your thoughts on, on how everything's played out this year, the new playoff format, the importance of these divisional games, and, and it almost feels... It, it's so weird to think right now that, you know, even though there's uneven number of games played, you know, throughout the league here, but, you know, technically right now, the Toronto Rock are in third place in the North Division, which puts them as the number seven seed for the playoffs and would match up with the Buffalo Bandits with a game in Buffalo in the first round. Like, it's wild to think that. And chances are things won't maybe play out that way, but there is a chance that they could play out that way too, that that's that. You know, no matter and, – and the fact you're already – you're not a game behind in the loss column right now, but a game behind in the win column, you still got to make that up. But, you know, it, it, things could kind of just play out here and, and we could have this fantastic season in Toronto and still end up starting on the road and, and having to go through all the top teams to get to the, the promised land here. Well, you're, you're way ahead of me there, <laughs> figuring that out. Uh, you know, we are seven games uh, into the yeah. season, but I, I know what you're saying. And, you know, that's why it. Um, we, we talked about the stretch that uh, we've had here over our last five, all in the division um, with the new playoff format. Uh, format. There's uh, definitely, um, you know, more of an emphasis on your divisional games. You always talk about that, but... Uh, yeah, you look at the North Division and, and um, the top three teams there, and, you know, you got um, Halifax with one loss, ourselves with two, and, and Buffalo as well. So, um, you know, those games are of utmost importance, and, um, you know, but there's a lot of uh, lot of lacrosse left to be played here, and, and a lot of things will, will happen over the last there the, the next two months of the season. And, you know, um, our hope is that, uh, that we can uh, um, get above that seventh seed where you, uh, you got us slotted right now. So... Um, but uh, <laughs> not where I got you slotted. <laughs> it just so, is where you are. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, but um, you know, so it's um, we're focused on Vancouver right now, and uh, and uh, we'll deal with the rest after Saturday. So to circle back, kind of to a little bit of the talk about the injuries and the lineup, uh, is it easy to put these guys back in? when they come with the team playing as well as they are right now and everybody digging deep, is there going to be an adjustment period when you insert guys like Tom Schreiber and Adam Jones back in the lineup? Well, you know, um, and, uh, Brandon Slade and, and, uh, you know, you got Latrell as well, but, um, you know, they're, um, they're good players. And the minute that those guys are, are healthy, uh, they will be, uh, they'll be in the lineup and it's, um, you know, it's, uh, our job to make sure that uh, there's a seamless transition and um, you know that uh, we're a better team for it there's uh, uh, there will be no hesitation once they're uh, once they're healthy and uh, having said that it uh, you know it, it doesn't make it easy uh, but uh, as a coach you uh, you want to have uh, and, and as, a, as an organization you want to be forced into those decisions where you just uh, um, you know you, you got too many guys and uh, um, uh, happy with the the way everybody is playing and 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 you have to make some tough decisions but um those guys are uh, are world-class players and and uh, will be a better team uh team for it once uh, uh if and when they are healthy now 
We mentioned uh, a little bit in some game notes and a little bit of uh, talking and whatnot leading into the game that Nick Rose has now started 63 consecutive games in the Toronto Rock Net. 61 of them are by your doing. (laughs) (laughs) As you as the head coach. Big surprise. Uh, Yeah, I mean, just talk about, like, I thought, again, Sunday was one of those games where you just sit there and a lot of times I think you look at Rosie's body of work in a game and it's not necessarily like he stole a game necessarily or, you know, is... See, the reason you win is not the right way to put it. But I think you know where I'm going, where you're not saying, like, wow, Rosie Rosie came in here and stole this one for us, right? But he always gives you a chance to win. And then I, I think on Sunday he even took that to another level when the game's sitting there tied 8-8 at the half. You're staring down the other end at Matt Vince, and then you go ahead and, you know, you let in a goal with a minute and or two minutes and something left in the first half, and you end up going on for, I think it was 29 minutes or so of, of shutout lacrosse there. Like, you know, and again, he just gives you that chance to to work with what else you got and what you need to get done to get a win. I think it's just it it's tough to communicate that to – the fans so maybe if you can put it into some kind of perspective too as to you know you sit there at the end of the night you let in nine goals and I think some people you know we've had this conversation a million times but you know some people think oh you let in nine goals that's not great but you know you look and it is great and the when he let them in even greater but I'll let you try to put it in perspective I think for fans of just what his goaltending performance meant on Sunday well, uh, first off, you know, nine goals is a is a yeah. a great result in, in any uh, NLL game. Um, you know, I think one of the things with Nick is he's um, you know uh, he's real consistent, and um, you know the the way the game of lacrosse is, and the number of shots that you are. Uh, you are facing um you know you're gonna get scored on and um you know there may be times when uh, when there are goals that uh, that you uh, you want to have back but you know that happens to uh, to every team and, and to every goalie and um you know nick uh, more often than not gives us uh, every opportunity to uh, to win the game um you know you mentioned uh um you don't uh, come out of a game thinking, okay, he stole that one or he stood on his head. And I think that is, uh, you know, part of that is that uh, that he is uh, so consistent for us and, um, you know, your um, expectations are uh, are very high and, and sometimes you, um, you know, you uh, that gets overlooked that uh, you just want your goalie to make the stops that he, that he should stop, um, come up with some timely saves and, uh, and um, you know, listen. Since uh, since I've been here, and and even before that, when uh, when Nick was here, uh, along with Brandon Miller, like you know, goaltending is uh, is so key in the uh, the game of lacrosse, and um, you know, Nick's been uh, been great for us, and and he's the uh, the backbone uh, of this team, and uh, everybody will tell you that in that dressing room, and it uh, it doesn't matter what kind of team you have on the floor, what kind of defense or offense you have, if you don't have good quality, consistent goaltending. Um, you know, more often than not, you're not gonna be successful, and that's what Nick brings. He's uh, he's a good goalie. Um, you know, he um, is someone that we can count on, and uh, he has a, a knack for making timely saves. and And you look at that, um, you know, that game on uh, on Sunday. I didn't think we were at our best in the first half. Um, kind of, I, I would say defensively, but. Uh, 
but I, I just thought the game was uh, sloppy, and, and I said at the half that if we were a little bit cleaner, which I call, you know, just a uh, um, little fewer uh, mistakes uh, possessing the ball, um, a little bit uh, more in uh, key situations, I thought we would have had more of a separation at, uh, at the half than 8-8. And then uh, what happens, um, you know, the defense and Nick, they come out and they shut the door until... Um, you know what Gilray scores that transition goal late in the fourth so um, you know almost two uh, two full quarters without giving up a goal and that's a uh, um, big reason why we won that game was because of how Nick and the defense played in the second half so um, you know he's uh, he's one of the best in the game and and this year uh, it seems like he's taken his game to uh, to another level and um, you know I think he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder and uh, wants to uh, um, you know um, prove that point. He doesn't need to prove it to us. He doesn't need to prove it to his teammates, but uh, um, Nick's the top flight goalie, that's for sure. 17 know. saves. 17 <coughs> saves alone in that third quarter where goals were hard to come by, and if you were giving up a couple, you were going to be in big trouble in that third quarter, and he didn't let in any. So For sure, and um, you know, I talked about our offense, and I thought our offense was great uh, um, in that game overall, but we, um, you know, we also, uh, um, you know, uh, Buffalo uh, stepped it up, and, and Vino at the far end, he wasn't allowing much either, and uh, we get a transition goal out of David Brock, and then uh, um, another one out of uh, Scott Domney, so if uh, if Nick and the defense aren't, uh, aren't um, you know, didn't have that performance in the second half the way our uh, um, you know offense was going we were creating good chances but we were having trouble putting the ball in the net um, you know we probably wouldn't have had the result that we did so there's a game he stole for us oh, <laughs> hey. uh, so to shift gears a little bit I know you had the whole fam down at the game uh, on the weekend yeah that's a crew what uh, what do they think of all this about just pro lacrosse and you coaching and did they, uh, I guess as they're getting older, they're obviously appreciating it and whatnot. Uh, what do they think of it? Are they all, are they like all in on it? Are they 100% dialed into every game? Yeah, they're, um, you know, they, uh, they're big fans of, uh, of the team and, and uh, of the Rock and, and big supporters of myself. And, um, you know, uh, a lot of time is spent uh, away from home in the summer and the winter with lacrosse. And, um, but they, uh, you know, they get a kick out of it. They, uh, they like coming down and, and um, you know, I guess watching dad on the bench and watching the team perform. And, and, um, but they're, uh, no, they're, uh, they're locked in and, and uh, they're definitely uh, my biggest fan, that's for sure. Do they have particular favorite players? Anybody, any of the kids dialed into one one guy or the other uh, kind of no, thing? No, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say. Uh, um, oh, Quinn, Quinn, our uh, youngest boy, he's a big, uh, big Hutch fan because he likes his mask. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, oh, so you he know. may not be a big fan of that. His goaltending. Yeah, yeah. He keeps asking me to get the knot. But no, I would say uh, overall they're just uh, you know they're they're fans of the team and yeah. um, and uh, um, you know they're. Uh, they like coming and watching the Toronto Rock, and they like it even more when uh, when we win because it's a good week at home. Absolutely. So coming up uh, Saturday night, we've got the Vancouver Warriors in town, a uh, team we only get to see once this year. Um, they've been uh, – they've maybe overachieved a little bit in some people's eyes here out of the gate uh, from what they had kind of done the last few years. So whatever they had put in place uh, with Dan Richardson stepping in and new coaching staff and whatnot when they became the Warriors uh, after they uh, shed the stealth uh, nickname and moved from Langley to uh, downtown uh, Vancouver seems to be working in some way, shape, or form. So 
What uh, what do these Vancouver Warriors look like right now versus what uh, we've seen out of Vancouver in recent years? Well, you mentioned um, you know the uh, I guess Dan Richardson coming in and, and the uh, transition from the Stealth to the Warriors. I you know I look at that uh, that group there and and um, when I say that group, the coaching staff and, and management, I think they've done a good job there with the. Uh, the turnover that they've had and and when you watch their games um and it maybe wasn't always the case in the past is uh you know they come out there and they work they work start to finish and uh you know they're starting to identify some uh, some more players that they've given opportunities uh to on that team and and i look um you know that's uh um they got some firepower mitch jones is uh, one of the best in the uh uh, in the league out there as far as putting the ball in the net and um, you know he's a he's a nice uh, player to watch I actually enjoy that watching Mitch and the way he shoots the ball and um, you know hopefully that's not the case on uh, on Saturday night but um, you know if you uh, you can't take them lightly and if you just come out and think you're going to punch the clock and and go up and down the floor you're not going to be successful against them uh, they're uh, they're a hard-working team and, and they got uh, they got some firepower up front so we'll have our our work cut out for us and we need to focus on what we do and what we do best and um, again I've said it over and over we're just a, a group that uh, we feel that if uh, regardless of uh, what our lineup is or who's in or who's out if we play at our best we're gonna be in each and every game and and um, have a chance to be successful and that'll be the plan on Saturday and I have to, uh, aside from all this, give a shout out to Brad Challoner, who had, <clears throat> pardon me, what I think was one of the lines of the year on the broadcast on uh, Friday night. Mitch Jones scored. <clears throat> um, Brandon Assel gave the recap of the goal. Mitch Jones scores, yada, yada, yada. And then Brad Challoner says, Mitch, please. You like that one, <laughs> did you? I, I loved it. Uh, I emailed yeah, yeah, Brad yeah. actually this week, and I said that was. That was like the best line I've heard this year. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. If you're ever going to put something on a T-shirt in Vancouver, like that's it. Mitch, please. Yeah. There we go. Mitch, please. Yeah. That's great. I loved it. I, I can't say uh, <laughs> I heard that. Usually, um, usually when I'm uh, reviewing the games, we got the uh, got the sound down. That, uh, um, yeah, good for you. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> so genuine and honest <laughs> that you really cared about my little tidbit there no really felt yeah, it yeah. all right well uh maddie thanks a lot for joining us here we'll uh, look forward to saturday's game against vancouver warriors and uh hopefully a good crowd out there again tickets are available right now torontorock.com slash tickets and uh yeah good luck maddie and we'll do this again soon thank with you everybody in the house looking forward to it all right <laughs> That was Toronto Rock head coach Matt Sawyer. We'll take a short break and be back to wrap it up here in a minute. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock here. Uh, just a short breather there after chatting with Matty Sawyer, head coach of the Toronto Rock. Uh, always great to catch up with the coach and get his insight on what's going on. And, uh, yeah, just finding out a little bit of a different perspective. We haven't had any of the coaching staff on, I don't think, the entire uh, season so far this year. So it was good to get Maddie on the podcast this week. Coming up, uh, short recap here, short finish to the show. Uh, coming up this Saturday night in Rock City, the Vancouver Warriors are the opponent. 7 p.m. game time. At Scotiabank Arena, tickets are available at torontorock.com slash tickets, or you can always visit 
the Scotiabank Arena box office, and you can do that right up until game time on Saturday night and still get in the door. Great seats will be still available on Saturday night at the Scotiabank Arena box office, so uh, feel free to make the drive in if you decide to make a last-minute decision. Also coming up on the schedule, um, Sunday, March the 8th, our kids' free game, so buy one regular ticket and get a kids' ticket free. That deal is only available through Ticketmaster, so make sure you go to Ticketmaster.ca, jump on there, select the kids' free offer, and uh, you can purchase your regular ticket and ends up that uh, you can bring the kids to Rock City for free. All right, so don't forget about that. And then on Friday, March the 13th, the Buffalo Bandits are back here in town again. A game you cannot miss. Probably, as far as the regular season goes, without saying or I guess without knowing, obviously, the playoff scenarios that will exist when the games roll around at the end of April, if there's one game you can kind of crown as the most important here down the stretch, it would be that Friday, March 13th game against the Buffalo Bandits. The season series 1-1 right now, and uh, that's the rubber match. You don't want to miss it. And it is also charity night, smile zone, uh, foundation will be uh, the charity again that we're raising funds for a great partner of ours over the last number of years we continue our relationship there and uh, the next smile zone project will actually be in six nations so we will have uh, our charity night jerseys will have an indigenous theme to them so we'll be releasing those and some more details around the charity game coming up uh, very very soon perhaps as early as next week. So keep your eye out for that and some exciting stuff going on around that. And I think everybody is going to love the jerseys that have been designed. Everything's finalized and in the uh, final stages, I guess, of production at this point. And we look forward to uh, unveiling those as we get a little bit closer to the game and also releasing all the details around our charity auction this year the game-worn jersey auction, and everything else that we'll be doing uh, to help raise funds for Smile Zone on Friday, March the 13th. So, as they say, don't you dare miss it. Or as Billy Red Lions once said, anybody old wrestling fan, you'll get that analogy in a hurry. Everyone else won't get it. Anyways, uh, so that's all coming up. Always, don't forget, follow us on social across everything to get all the latest news. And, of course, always visit torontorock.com. That'll get you up to date again this Saturday night, 7 o'clock, Toronto Rock take on the Vancouver Warriors who come into this game pretty hot. And maybe the biggest thing that we have forgot to touch on is Rob Hellier bobblehead night this Saturday night. It is going to be a great game. This is the best bobblehead that the Toronto Rock have produced, bar none. In terms of the likeness to Rob Hellier, it is spot on. It is fantastic. First 5,000 fans in attendance will get a Rob Hellier bobblehead, so make sure you're there early. Gates will open at 6 o'clock, so uh, don't be late if you want to make sure that you get your hands on a Rob Hellier bobblehead, and that, of course, is courtesy of Backley Construction. Also that night, you'll get to uh, check out the Backley Cup at halftime. A couple of minor lacrosse organizations going head-to-head there, battling it out for the Backley Cup. And uh, this is the second of our alternate cup matchups as well coming up on Saturday night. And everybody would have seen uh, Thursday afternoon on social media, the Backley Cup itself, the actual trophy was unveiled. That's pretty cool. So uh, 
Check that out on social if you haven't just yet. But, of course, we are 1-0 and and on top of the Alternate Cup standings. So uh, hopefully we go to 2-0 here with another All-Canadian matchup here this Saturday night when the Vancouver Warriors are in town. So that will about wrap it for wrap it up for this edition of the podcast. Uh, next week, Doily's back in the uh, co-host chair, and we'll have some other guests. We're hoping to get Scott Dominey in here. I know we've been teasing that for the last couple of weeks, but we're hoping to grab him and uh, a couple other guys as well. Uh, on the injury front, sorry, we know we've been getting some questions on social and, and whatnot about uh, any injury updates. Uh, the long and the short story of this is there – are no updates just yet uh, both Adam Jones and Tom Schreiber are getting closer to a return but there uh, still is no timetable in place for their return so hopefully everybody that's been asking on social also listens to the podcast because now they've got their answer all right so that'll about wrap things up in the meantime and in between time for well I guess nobody else but myself on this episode I'm Mike Hancock saying we'll chat next week Thank you.